Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So good to be here this morning. Amen. I give honor to your great pastor and his family. Amen. This church family. Amen. Such wonderful, comfortable accommodations. Amen. Next door and what fellowship we had yesterday. Amen. There's no telling what we could conquer if we were here more than one or two days. Amen. It just seems like we have been friends with them all of our lives, which is kind of the truth. Amen. I give honor to brother and sisters Alice. Amen. It's good to see you folks here today. Man, it's good. It's just good to be around friends. Amen. Family of like precious faith. There's no other place that I would rather be is with people that love Jesus. People that are interested in serving Him. Amen. 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 If you would stand with me. Man, the reading of the word of the Lord. Man, I give honor unto the Lord for the way it moved, his presence moved on Friday. Amen. I give him all the glory and all the honor. Amen. And I honor this church for responding unto the move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It didn't, um, it crossed my mind once just to preach it again, just because I hate the devil. And I hate the way he terrorizes the people of God. Amen. What, what, the, what the devil has, has meant for evil, the Lord means for good. Amen. 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 First Samuel chapter 5. We'll read the first four verses in your hearing. First Samuel chapter 5. Brother Carriker leaned over to me a few minutes ago, and it's not very often he said that on a 25-degree day, you get to turn the air conditioning on. Well, last time I checked, we're, we're in an apostolic church. Amen. We like to worship the Lord. We're excited about what God is doing. I, I enjoy what I heard these two men talk about. Uh, amen. I'm enjoying what God is doing in the state of Kansas. I'm enjoying what God is doing right here in the city of Hutchison. Amen. In the outlying areas. It's not just for here. It's for them too. I said it's for them too. If you're hungry, Jesus can fill you today. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they rose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. 
I want to preach for the next few minutes on this topic. Stop propping the enemy up. Stop propping the enemy up. Can we lift our hands unto the Lord? Let's pray one more time. Congregation, I need you to help me. I need you to lift your hands, lift your voices. Let's take just a moment. Let's humble ourselves under the hand of the Lord. Let's pray for an anointing to settle here among us for the next few minutes. Devil, you're a liar. Oh, we yield our hearts to you. We yield our minds to you. We lay the past down. We embrace the Lord, the call that you have placed upon us. That's right, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's talk to the Lord right now. That the Lord would prepare us. you you can be seated amen so thankful to have my family with me amen so thankful to be in apostolic faith at Renacle. amen to be with you amen there are three types of people I want to do my best to reach for today number one would be those who are lost and you know you're lost. Keep that in mind that you know that there's a possibility of sliding into eternity. You know you're lost unless you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Number two is those that are here that are lost and you don't know it. Pentecost is full of people that know how to go through the motions. They sit on the pew service after service and they are untouched, unmoved, and unchanged. I'm here to stir you today. And number three, I'm calling to those that are full of the Holy Ghost. And I'm asking you to love this beautiful truth more than you ever have before. To serve God like you've never have before. We should determine right here before we start preaching that no man's gonna take my crown. Nobody's gonna praise him. Nobody's gonna repent like I repent. Nobody's gonna live for God like I'm gonna live for God. I'm gonna go to heaven. And I'm going to be willing to reach down deep each and every day to serve him in the fullness of truth. Can we just lift our hands right now? Let's pray. Let's pray right now for the strength of the Holy Ghost to prevail in this place. God, I know you're able. We humble ourselves before you one more time. Hi, God, that you would be strengthened to us, Lord, and to this beautiful congregation, to every man, every lady, every child, every family, every situation, Lord, every sin, every sickness, every disease. God, I know you're able. I trusted you, Lord, today. I am weak, but you are strong. 
Hallelujah. 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 Man. What class do you fall in today? Where do you stand in the presence of God? The Philistines were the most fierce and enduring enemies faced by the ancient Israelites. The pages of the Old Testament are filled with the accounts of the bloody clashes that occurred for over 600, almost 600 years. The Philistines seemed to always have the tactical advantage over Israel. They alone possessed the ancient technology of iron making. We see uh, proof of that in 1 Samuel chapter 13. Um, their chariots and weapons were always superior. And many of these uh, uh, Philistines were slaughtered by Samson with a, 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 a jawbone of a donkey or crushed uh, in his suicide. The champion Goliath was slaughtered by a shepherd boy's slingshot and, and much of their army was annihilated when David killed his ten thousands. Yet, like a cancer on the countryside, the Philistines would reappear to kill King Saul and his son Jonathan and desecrate Saul's body. The Philistines survived to outlast the northern tribes of Israel and remained a painful thorn in the side of the southern tribes of Judah until they were taken into captivity. Amen. The country of Philistine was finally terminated when it was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, but even today lives on through the names of Palestine and Palestinians as the fiercest enemy of modern-day Israel. And we're seeing it unfold again yet right now. Amen. Philistines are still among us, still alive, still fighting, still like a cancer that can't quite be conquered. Amen. And the story that we find in our text at the battle of Ebenezer found in 1 Samuel chapter 4, God allowed the Ark of the Covenant, the, the very visible symbol of His presence, to be taken by the Philistines and some 30,000 Hebrew soldiers to be slain. And when Eli the priest heard the news, he fell backwards and broke his neck. He was grief stricken, not because his sons died, but because they had had a part in allowing the ark of God to be captured. Amen. Just bear with me for just a few more minutes. His daughter-in-law dying in childbirth gave the name to her child of Ichabod, to her son, which means the glory is departed from Israel. For the ark of God is taken or simply, uh, where is the glory? I, I, I believe that sitting on these pews this afternoon, uh, there are some people that have, have wondered where the glory uh, of the Lord has departed to. Where has it left? Uh, why isn't it here? And, and you've asked yourself the question, maybe uh, in meditation, or maybe in prayer, or maybe even your spouse, uh, where is the glory of the Lord? The Philistines, as was their custom, took the captured ark to the temple of their god, Dagon, at Ashdod, 
to celebrate their victory. In their religion, Dagon, from the Hebrew word was for fish, was the god of agriculture and the father of the great god Baal. He had the upper body of a man and the lower body of a fish. His image was often carried into battle by the intensely religious Philistines. It was in the temple of Dagon at Gaza that the Philistines offered thanksgiving. When Samson was captured in Judges chapter 16, it was in the temple of Dagon at Bethshean that the Philistines fastened the decapitated head of King Saul in 1 Chronicles chapter 10. Now the Ark of the Covenant is set before Dagon in his temple as a visual representation that Dagon is victorious and Jehovah is inferior. I want to tell somebody today uh, that it does not have to stay that way. It does not have to remain to where you feel inferior to the enemy of your soul. It doesn't have to remain in the same stat position that you will always feel that you have been conquered and yet another time the enemy has won a battle but I want to tell somebody this afternoon oh that God is still here and God still wants to bless you and God still wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost and God still wants to sustain you man on the first morning after the ark of God was placed by the people of Ashdod and the the uh, location of Dagon, they come the next morning and found that Dagon was prostrate on the floor, on the ground before the ark of God. They set the idol back in its place again. And on the second morning, they found Dagon broken before the ark of God again. When I begin to study uh, for this message and for uh, this service some few weeks ago, I, I, I just couldn't get it out of my, my head that, that somebody had to set Dagon back up again. The ark of the Lord had done its work initially, had conquered a battle but before the next day and the next sun could rise, somebody had to go back in and set the idol back up. Amen. There is always a, a spirit that the, the church of the living God is going to fight. And you're going to have to realize it's going to be a fight until you pass from this earth or until Jesus comes again. You've got to stop picking up the idol. You've got to stop patching up the idol and setting it back up. When the Lord conquers your battle here, you've got to take it home. You've got to let it be conquered at your house too. It's not just a... It's not just a church time experience. You got to take it home and you got to conquer the devil at the house too. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 There are too many victories that are crushed because we get home from church. And instead of dragging that corpse of sin 
that corpse of weakness, that corpse of failure out of our home. Instead of grabbing that filthy spirit of hell and dragging it out of our house and dragging it out of our mind and dragging it out of our, 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 our time to ourselves, you start patching it back up. You start trying to repair because you like it. You don't, you don't like it at church time and, and you realize that it's detrimental at church time when the pastor preaches and when the pastor begins to set the standard. But all of a sudden when you get back home, you want to just pull that familiar spirit back in. You need to stop propping up the devil. You need to stop patching up the devil. You need to own the church and you need to own your house. You need to own your spirit. You need to own your family. You need to own what God has given. He said, well, what, what, what do you mean and what are you talking about that corpse of sin? Well, maybe it's a transgression. Some absolutes that you haven't made absolute in your life. Maybe it's a, a bad attitude against your brother. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is what just the Lord gave me. Maybe it's, it's a bad attitude against your pastor's wife. I, I don't like the way that that pastor, he, he does this. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be uh, out of place here. And I'll leave and go home to Sheridan in just a few minutes. Uh, amen. But this is the man of God uh, that God has placed over you and over this church. Uh, it's a chain of command. It's not, he's not here to be a dictator. I said he's not here to be a dictator. He's here to, to teach you and to show you uh, and to preach the word. It. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to you or not. It doesn't matter whether you're comfortable with it or not. It's what thus saith the word of the Lord. And as long as he's in the book, you need to do it. Yeah. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord still works. It's by the foolishness of preaching that you and I are saved. I need a preacher to preach. I need a teacher to teach. I need a Sunday school teacher to teach to me. Teach me how to dress. Show me how to walk. Show me how to pray. I want to be saved. A bad attitude. A disgruntled spirit. Well, I'll pray, but... I'm just going to go through the motions. I'll be a herd, but I'm really not into it. You're propping up the enemy. You can shout on a Friday night, and we did have a good time Friday. There's no denying about that. And we're going to have a good time here before we leave. And I ain't talking about chili. Hey, man. There's some things you got to decide at the altar. Brother Silas, you, you said it, repentance, praising God. But you got to take it home with you too. Oh, did I say that, did that? That was an inside word that came out. You got to take it home with you. 
What you give to the Lord at the altar, you got to do it at your house too. Ma. And you got to do it at your job. You got to do it at your school. You got to do it in your private time. I'm telling you. These little devilish devices will take you to hell. You better be careful what you're doing on them. You better be careful. There's a, I'm telling you, there's a devil in hell that hates you. I got to go to heaven. You got to go to heaven. There's been many times I was wish I could just go back to Nokia. And I could just play snake and be saved. Is this okay? I'm sorry if I overstepped my bounds. I gotta be saved. My congregation needs to be saved. You mean we, we gotta set our house in order. We do a good job of setting church in order. I said we do a good job at showing up. We're modest. We got a good attitude. We smile. We hug babies. We shake hands. We do everything right. But when you leave, you start patching the enemy back up. You start propping the enemy back up and you wonder why you don't have victory. And that's the reason why. You got to kill the enemy at home too. I said you got to kill the enemy at home too. You got to cut that cancer off. You got to cut that cancer off. Get that Philistine out of the camp. And I'm not just going to do it my way. I'm going to do it God's way. We get back home and we start trying to cipher how to put the broken pieces back together. God does a victory for us. God crushes the enemy for us. Knocks him flat. Cuts his hands off. Disables him. Makes him, makes him look like a fool, like he should. And then we, I say we because I fight the same devil you fight. I'm flesh and blood just like you are. Just because I'm a minister doesn't mean I'm exempt or this man's exempt. We fight the same battles that you do. But I'm telling you, you got to live for him each and every day. You got to repent. You got to die daily. Oh, I'm telling you, it's important that you embrace the message today. God does a wonderful work for us. And then we start trying to patch it back up. When sin is not annihilated every day, maybe even multiple times a day, how many's ever had to pray through more than once in a day? I don't mean just speaking in tongues. Well, I don't want to get off on that. I'm talking about dying out to God and saying, God, forgive me for being silly, forgive me for being foolish. Forgive me, Lord, for not being able to figure it out myself. I, 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 I've been guilty more than more than once, more than twice. God, forgive me. I'm such a moron. I, I, I need you today. I'm telling you, that's what you got to do. 
It's not good enough on a Wednesday night. It's not good enough on a Friday night. You gotta die daily. You gotta have victory today and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. The Son of Man is gonna come in a day and an hour that you know not. You gotta be ready. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Just like the Philistines, just like a cancer, it will begin to creep back into our lives. When you knock everything down at church, you got to knock it down at home. You got to knock it down on the job. You got to knock it down at school. You got to knock it down at, at Walmart. Huh? Amen. Man, you got to be willing to engage the enemy. Amen. Let me, let me uh, talk about something that's special. Everybody say the altar. Amen. I believe it is our access point to God. The altar is the only way we can approach God in repentance. Huh? In forgiveness. And victory is found after you complete repentance. Amen. We sacrifice at the altar. Altar gives us access unto the wonderful divine presence of God. Patriarchs all over the Bible, all through the Bible, built altars to maintain access unto the presence of God. What happens at the altar needs to remain in us when we leave. This is not easy believism. I enjoy the hype and the, and the motivation and the energy and the passion that I feel in churches all across America. But what I don't like uh, is when I come back on a Wednesday uh, and everybody has to pray through again. When you shouldn't be teaching a Bible study on a Monday. When you should have been inviting somebody to the house of God. You found yourself wasting time. You found yourself having a bad attitude or a disgruntled spirit when in reality you should have built an altar at the house when you built an altar here so you could teach a Bible study on a Monday night so you could invite somebody to church so you could be an example of the believers. The book of Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 9 on that day I will punish all who skip over the threshold, who fill their master's house with violence and deceit. Man, if we were to dig into that scripture a little bit in history and uh, notes, to leap or to skip over the threshold refers to those that lay in wait at the door, ready to attack those who enter or exit. Does anybody remember that word that I mentioned a couple times Friday? It starts with a T, and I said that needs to be real popular in church. Raise your hand if you do. Tick tock, tick tock. T. T.
Give you a hint. T-R. Oh, yes. Say it again. Transparency. I don't know if you got it or not. Maybe I need a hearing aid. We believe in transparency at church. But that transparency needs to go home with us. There's some reality that we need to face at home. That, that we've been tucking underneath the rug. That we've been propping up in the corner. Right? How many, how many would be, just be honest with me, we, we dealing with this? Yeah. See, that's transparency right there. <laughs> yeah. You just raise back both hands. Lord, I, I got some things I need to conquer. I got some things I need to handle in a little bit better way than the way I've been handling it. I, 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 I've been real good at church. But when it comes to the managing of my home and the managing of my mind outside of the structure of church, I'm failing. Somebody else get your hand up. Yeah, that's me. I, I need a little bit more structure of the Holy Ghost inside of me. I need to take the blessings of God that happens at an old-fashioned altar on a Sunday afternoon, and I need to take it home and let the Holy One of Israel come clean it out. Come clean that cancer out. Come knock the devil down. Come cut his hands off. We, we know that this enemy of our soul, the devil... Is just waiting right over the threshold of our homes with violence, with deceit, with mischief, with sin. I want to encourage somebody this afternoon to pronounce destruction on that spirit of hell. Your house has been full of violence one day too long. Your house has been full of deceit one day too long. It's time to allow all the spirit of a holy God to come in and punish it not only in church but at the house too. Punish it at the job too. Punish it at the school, at education. Hey, I'm telling you, you got to make it to heaven today. And it's not just going to be because of a red hot Sunday. It's going to be because of a red hot 24-7 Monday through Sunday that you have an experience with him. Pronounce destruction and terminate that spirit of doubt, that spirit of depression, that spirit of rebellion. Don't prop the enemy back up when you get back home or when you get back to work. If you have to, if you have to throw some stuff away, bring the trash can out. Amen. Mama J, more, more than once while I was in college and career, would drag a big 55-gallon drum out of the closet that she had painted uh, with sin, Ben. Why did she do that? She was trying to, no, 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 no. She was trying to make us realize uh, if you're going to be saved, you got to clean your life out. I, I know that, that sometimes it's spiritual things. But you'd be surprised what filth we have at our, our houses that we're just okay with. Is this okay, Pastor? Hey man, we, we, we just, we, we, we like that right there. Let, let's not get rid of that just yet. Can I have it? No, it needs to go in the sin bin. Oh, Lord, I didn't, I didn't plan on doing all this. If your music choices don't edify God, it ain't edifying you. You need to throw it out. 
Hallelujah. If your social media choices are not edifying to you, they're sure not edifying to God, you need to delete it and get rid of it. You're going to be saved upon the choices that you make in your life. You're not saved over what he does or doesn't do. You're saved on your choices. You're saved on your decisions. You've got to stop propping the enemy up. You've got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And just because it's labeled news doesn't mean it needs to come into your eyes or come into your ears. Just because it's the radio doesn't mean it's always profitable. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, and I'm hurrying. Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction. Whose God is their belly. Whose glory is in their shame. Who mind earthly things. There are some backsliders and rebellious sinners that we should avoid. I don't misconstrue my words. I didn't say not love them. I didn't say don't pray for them. But they're not profitable for you to be on the phone with all day long. Hashing out the preacher or hashing out your brother or your sister or the young person. Amen. You know how you help them? Well, I, I, I just want to go to the house three times a week. Well, you need to hit your knees. You need to push your plate back. You need to talk to your pastor and say, how, how can I help? I'm telling you, this is the man of God that the Lord has entrusted to save you and to preach to you. There's some people that do not have your best interest at heart. There's some backsliders that don't care about your future. He cares about where you're going to spend eternity. This lady cares where you're going to spend eternity. Your Sunday school teacher prays for you. She cares about where you're going to spend eternity. There are some, there's some rebellious sinners that we should avoid too. We need to love them from a distance. Now, I, that, that you can talk to my wife or my children. Or you can go back home to where I live. I love my community. Kind of like a politician. You got to love them, shake their hands, hug them, kiss their babies. If you if you can't show this community that you love them, and you expect them to respond when you invite them to church, you, you've got it backwards. If you ain't got time to listen to their problem, and you don't care for them, it's going to be more difficult when you hand them a church card. Or you invite them over for tea and you know it's really a Bible study. Amen. Amen. That loaf of bread has actually got Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. All over it. It's not just bread and butter. Oh, but it's the bread of life. I'm telling you, you gotta love them today. There's some people you need to avoid. There's some people you don't need in your heart at every hour of the day. 
Amen. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. I'm getting ready to close very quickly. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. You say, well, preacher, I don't, I don't like a lot of structure. I don't like a lot of guidelines. I don't, I don't like a lot of rules. Well... You drive on roads that have rules. You pay your taxes, or most of us do. When you go get that loaf of bread and them hot dogs, if you live in Sheridan, you pay 9.75 or 9.25. It's more than what I want to pay, but I pay it because I want a hot dog. Yeah. Oh, I'm being silly. I'm sorry. I want a preacher to preach to me. I want him to give me some guidelines. I want him to instill some boundaries in my heart. He, he, he's not going to look over your shoulder all the time. Probably hardly none of the time. You have got to be in control of your actions. You are responsible for your own actions. You're going to give an account one day about the rules you choose to follow and the rules you choose to discard. It's time that we live for God with every bit of energy and every bit of passion and every bit of excitement and expectation in our hearts. I know he's coming back, but there's a city that's depending upon me to be ready to receive them. There's a Bible study depending upon me to be instant in season and out of season to give them this beautiful truth. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. How I many want to live? And few there be that find it. That just tells me we're, we're going to have to. You're going to have to put some road signs in your life. You're going to have to build some fences in your life. I I appreciate the fences at an altar. On a church service that everybody's fired up about. But I'll be very candid. I appreciate more the fences that are between you and God. That maybe nobody else knows about. I, 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 I can't go there. I know it's Tuesday and I know nobody's watching. But, but I can't take that step. I'm interested in life. You are interested in life. And whether they know it or not. Those poor people out there that don't know truth, they're interested in life too. And they're hinged. Their life is hinged upon your ability to walk straight. Their, their life is hinged upon your ability to yield yourself to your pastor, yield yourself to God, and say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. help me Jesus help me some are here today that may not have ever had access to this altar or, or maybe you have 
lost access or, or maybe you have forgotten about what an altar does. You got to start building your own altar. Your family is important. Your friends are important. Their altars are important. But they don't matter to you. I'm appreciative of my mom's prayers. I'm appreciative of my dad's life and his example that he set before me. But one day I had to embrace it for myself. One day I had to say, I love him more than anything else in this world. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. But it means I have a relationship. I know that when things are, are, are lying at the door and I know when I go home and I know the enemy's literally at the threshold ready to, to spread violence and ready to spread deceit. I know when I walk through that door, I got to slay the enemy there too. Just as good as I slayed him at the altar, we've got to stop propping the devil up. You've got to stop patching the devil up. You've got to eliminate him from your life. You've got to eliminate him from your mentality. Second, guessing your pastor is never the answer. There's a danger of becoming your own ruler. Be aware of the false pretense that you feel secure in. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Matthew 7 and 17 and through 19, Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And I just take my liberty, Pastor. It's the will of God for you to win a soul. If, if I say something wrong, he can correct me and tell me to sit down or he can correct it when I leave. But if you have not won a soul in the last year, if you have not taught a Bible study, if you have not invited somebody to church, you need to hew your tree down. And you need to start over. But the Silas already said it. It starts with repentance. You say, well, Brother Scott, I don't, I don't like this kind of in-my-face preaching. I preach it this way at home. I believe in revival. I believe in souls. I believe this church is destined for revival. I believe in plain, easy to understand preaching. I don't have a lot of wise words to say. But if you're hungry and you're thirsty, you're going to be filled. And if you haven't won somebody, if you haven't brought somebody to the house of the Lord, if you haven't taught a Bible study, if you haven't handed out a church card to somebody, you need to cut off that old way of life because it ain't working. You need to cast it into the fire and say, Lord, let your power of your spirit fill me because I'm interested in souls being saved. Hallelujah, let's lift our hands and love the Lord right now.
I want my wife to come to the music, please, quickly. Any other musicians that can help, please come. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. As we stand, you have access unto the kingdom of God. Today, sitting on the pew, today, standing in the aisle, you have the choice to say, I'm taking this home and I'm going to open up the trash can whether it's physical, material things, or whether it's something, Brother character that I have to write down on a piece of paper and wad it up and throw it away. I'm cleaning my life out. I'm cleaning my heart out. I'm cleaning my phone out. I'm cleaning uh, my internet out. I'm cleaning my, my relationships out. Uh, I'm cleaning my contacts. I'm telling you, there's some contacts in our phone that don't need to be there. You need to block those numbers and get rid of that negativity out of your life. Your soul matters. The people that are depending upon you, their soul matters. Do you want to repair what God has destroyed? Or do you want to just build an altar and then take it home with you? And build it there again. And build it there again. And build it when you go to work in the morning. And build it again when you come home. And build it when you go to school on Tuesday. Uh, and build it again when you walk into the Walmart parking lot. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, uh, you've got to dedicate your life unto the Lord. Romans chapter 12. Very, very familiar scripture. I beseech you, therefore, and brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I wonder if we could all bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I need somebody to help me pray right now. There are souls that are weighing in the balance here this afternoon. There's people here that need to make some decisions. There's some lives that are seemingly in tune, but in reality, they're out of balance with the Lord. There's some souls that are here today and you've neglected this beautiful gift. You've neglected this beautiful salvation for just once or twice or three times a week. I, I wonder if, if you feel the tug of the Holy Ghost and you truly mean to do business over the next few minutes. I wonder if you could step out of those pews. If you're not willing to do it, I, I, want you to, I want you to just hang back. But if you're really ready, ready to commit your life to God when you leave this place and you're willing to stop propping the enemy up, 
Would you step out of those pews and come to the front with your hands lifted in a committing unto the Lord, into a dedication unto God, unto a consecration unto God? Come on, say to God. Come on, beautiful lady. Come on, sir. Come on, gentlemen. Sir, you are a gentleman. You are strong. You are powerful. You've got to have a walk with God. Husband and wife, God has given you beautiful children. You've got a beautiful home. But you've neglected this beautiful thing called truth. Oh, I feel the hunger of the Holy Ghost here. I feel the hunger of some lives here. The Spirit of the Lord is here to help you. This is going to be a different Sunday. This is going to be an anointing that settles over you, that totally wrecks the spirit of hell that has tormented you from day one. I'm telling you, it's time you let the Holy Ghost wreck the spirit of hell at your house and say, Lord, I am yours. I am yours. I want to live for you. I don't want to be negligent. I don't want to be haphazard. I don't want to be half-hearted. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to have a different agenda than my pastor. I don't want to have a different agenda than my church. I want to reach the lost. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be the man you want me to be, Jesus. I want to be the lady you want me to be, Jesus. I don't want to live the same way. The Holy Ghost is here to minister. Preachers, I need you to help me. Saints of God, I need you to help me. There's a day of reckoning right now. Come on. Find somebody to pray with. Reach. Reach. God, forgive me for being stupid. Forgive me for being silly. Forgive me, Lord, for not thinking about it. God, I want to be holy for you are holy. 